Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. That was very nice. That was really cool. Thank you all for that. Before we jump in this morning, I want to spend just a second updating you on some just real exciting things we've been working on and thinking about. And, and you've seen pictures of the building, and, and I asked you several weeks ago now just to be in prayer. And I, I just wanted to update you. There hadn't not a lot to, to say yet because there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes, but I wanted to kind of tell you where we are right now. We've been working with an architect and kind of thinking through plans and, and looking at uh, different ideas, and, and we're still waiting to kind of get some final plans. We can kind of present those to the church. So we're still working and still moving. I wanted to answer one specific question, though. We've gotten a lot of. There's a little sign that popped up over here in the little uh, area right in front of the children's wing, the grassy area. It says something about rezoning, and we've had people say, are you breaking ground? Are we starting work? No, 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 we're not doing any of that yet. I want to let you know what's going on, though, because it's kind of exciting for us. You probably are not aware of this. But um, when this sanctuary was built and the original sanctuary next door was built, there were apparently different ordinances about where you could build buildings. And since this building has been built, they've kind of created what they call a setback line, which means you can't build a certain distance from a road. Which if you actually look at the setback line now, it goes about halfway through this sanctuary. So you guys in the back are illegal right now. You didn't know that about yourself. Um, but you actually can't be sitting there legally. No, I'm just kidding. We got grandfathered in because the building's already here. But if we're going to build anything else on this property, on that side of the setback line, we have to get permission. And so we basically had to go to the zoning board and say, listen, would you allow us to build something in this setback line? Last week they gave permission to do that. That's just one step we had to take. We haven't decided anything yet. We're not breaking ground. We just kind of had to get their permission to actually build on that line before we could move forward any farther. And so they said, yep, we love what you're doing. We're happy to do it. So they've given us basically a variance. So now if the church decides to move forward, we can now build on that land and be legal. So that's really important for us, okay? All right, I wanted to update you. You keep praying. You keep being encouraged as uh, as the Lord blesses us and does great things here. We want to be good stewards of all the people that he brings. We want to be wise in the decisions that we make moving forward. And, And the Lord just blessed us in so many different ways in so many different areas. Just continue to pray that he give us a real clear vision moving forward, okay? All right, I'm going to pray for us now, and we're going to begin this morning. Father, we just love you and serve you and thank you for who you are and for what you've done. We thank you for the way in which you have blessed this church year after year after year, for almost 50 years now, Father. You've done some pretty incredible things, Lord, things that we, we couldn't even understand on our own, and we just praise your name for that. We ask you to continue to bless us. As we continue to see new families and children and growth, Father, we just pray you'd give us just a real clear vision of how to be good stewards, Father. We will make wise choices. We will do things that are honoring to you so we can continue to reach this area and our world for Christ. And so you just bless us and give us a real clear understanding and a vision of what you want us to do, Father. Lord, I pray for our time this morning as we open the truth of your word, give us clarity. Give us understanding, Lord. Thanks for moms, for what they mean to us, for what they've done for us, for the ways in which they've sacrificed, Father. I pray as we open the truth of your word this morning, you would help us to see you, to understand you, Lord. And I pray through the power of the Spirit as we do every Sunday morning, 
that we could be transformed more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. I want you to know, moms, this morning that we love you, that we cherish you, that we support you. I think um, for me personally, obviously, I grew up with my mom and I kind of understood what a mom did. But now that I've been married and I have four children and I kind of have a different perspective on motherhood, motherhood has to be one of the toughest jobs there is. Right, moms? I mean, you think about all the difficult jobs and you read about all the important jobs and all the jobs that are ranked as the best jobs in the country and moms and motherhood never pops up. And yet I would say to you, it may be the most important job of any job there is. I was reading this week a quote from Washington Irving who was an American writer in the early 1800s. Here's what he said about the importance of a mother. He said, a mother is the truest friend we have. When trials heavy and sudden fall upon us, when adversity takes a place of prosperity, when friends who rejoice with us in our sunshine desert us, when trouble thickens around us, still will she cling to us and endeavor by her kind precepts and counsels to dissipate the clouds of darkness and cause peace to return to our hearts. It's a beautiful way of thinking about moms. You know, moms wear a lot of hats. Uh, I found a little study that kind of gave a list of some of the things that moms do. I thought it'd be fun to read a few of them. Some of them are tongue-in-cheek, but I think they're all very real. And I had to narrow it down. There were a lot more that they gave. Here's some of the jobs that moms hold on any given day. Personal chef, housekeeper, taxi driver, judge. (laughs) Moms, do you ever feel like you're the judge at home? Counselor hairstylist, family therapist, errand runner, laundry machine operator, janitor, teacher, finance manager, art director, search and rescue for lost shoes and toys especially, lifeguard, wardrobe stylist, personal shopper, sleep scientist, backyard safety patrol, vacation coordinator and tour guide, seamstress, stain removal expert, toy repair expert, bodyguard, birthday events director, and then maybe my most favorite, kiss and hugs expert. Moms, we love you. We thank you. We are grateful for you. We know moms do great work and are caring and are nurturing and are loving. But moms can be fierce too, right? Moms can be pretty fierce. In fact, I found an article. I've I've seen this a couple of different times. I've never read the article from last year. Here's the title of the article. Mom fights off mountain lion after it attacks her five-year-old son. It's a true story. Here's the article. A mother who heard her child crying outside their Colorado home ended up wrestling him from a mountain lion's grasp. Authorities said the five-year-old boy is recovering after the Friday night attack that left him with injuries to his head, neck, and face. His mother, who's not been identified, sustained minor injuries to her hand and legs. Authorities say the child was playing outside when his older brother, around 8 p.m., when the mom heard the screams, the mother ran outside, saw the mountain lion on her son, and was able to physically remove her son from the mountain lion, investigators say. Wow. Wow. 
I guess moms really can do it all, right? They comfort, they provide, they protect. We, we kind of know what moms do, but I want to kind of maybe take a step deeper this morning, and I want to move past all those things. Those are crucial and important, and we love our moms because of it, but I want to take a step beyond that to kind of the spiritual because I believe moms have a role in the home, moms have a role in the family, given very specifically to them, and moms have this incredible opportunity to leave a legacy with their children, to train their children to do great things. And so I want to think this morning about a young man who was trained by a mother in Scripture and did some pretty incredible things. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I'll invite you to open to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1. We're going to learn this morning about a faithful mom and some very specific things she did in the home to raise a godly young man. Now, Timothy is a man that was a very close friend and confidant of the Apostle Paul. In fact, Paul wrote a couple different letters to Timothy. Paul encouraged Timothy Paul sent Timothy on specific journeys as Paul's representative. And Paul, when he was literally sentenced to death, he summoned Timothy. He wanted to be with him and spend his last waking hours with him. He was a trusted companion, a trusted friend. Timothy was a great teacher. But here's the question I want to think about this morning and kind of think through a little bit together. Where did Timothy get his faith? He didn't just wake up one morning as this man of God. He didn't just wake up one morning as a trusted advisor to Paul. He didn't just wake up one morning doing great things. All that came from somewhere, and I want to see where it came from this morning. Moms, I think you're going to be encouraged as we walk through this together. 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 1. Now, Paul always begins his letters with kind of his signature. So, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son, right? So, he's writing this letter to Timothy, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night And day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Now, verse 5 is important, right? Because Paul is writing to Timothy. Here's what he says. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now stop there for a second. Faithful moms are critical to the spiritual growth of their children. But I want to answer the question this morning, moms, what should you be doing in your home, in your lives, with your children? children to produce the godly sort of man or the godly sort of woman that we see in scripture, especially with Timothy. So if we're going to challenge moms to be something, to to do something, to, to live in a certain way, there's some things in these verses that I want you to see. There's some truths I want you to see to apply to your life. The first one is this, right out of the scripture, number one, faithful moms must pass down a real and genuine faith to their children. Moms, you ought to pass down a real and genuine faith to their to your children. There's a direct line in these verses from Timothy's grandmother 
to Timothy, Timothy's mother, straight to Timothy. So if we're going to kind of trace the life of Timothy and where Timothy got his faith and where Timothy got his understanding and kind of how he was raised, it goes from his grandmother to his mother to Timothy. But there's something really important I don't want you to miss in this text. Pull verse 5 up, if you would, for me again, please. We're speaking of the mother and the grandmother. I'm reminded of your sincere faith. You see that? A faith dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. Now notice it doesn't say, I'm reminded of your lukewarm faith. I'm reminded of your Sunday morning only faith. I'm reminded of your faith only in the good times. Right? Paul looks at Timothy and then at Eunice and at Lois and he sees within this family not a fake faith but a genuine, real, sincere faith. Now this is Mother's Day so I'm talking to moms but dads you really kind of get tagged along with a lot of these things as well. If you're going to train your children to be Christ-like, to be the men and women of God you desire for them to be, your faith needs to be real. It cannot be fake. Because I promise you, your kids will see right through it. When when my nephews were younger, they had a a Star Wars birthday party. And so they they invited all their friends to come and and dress up. And they had the little Star Wars lightsabers. And some kid was Darth Vader. And somebody else was Luke and Han and the whole nine yards. And they had the, the cool cake and the decorations. And it was really fun. And Amy's sister had hired this guy to come be Luke Skywalker, right? He was going to kind of show up. And he had the Luke Skywalker garb on and the lightsaber. And I'll never forget when he he got there. It was was kind of exciting for me. I I was an adult, but I was like, this is kind of cool, you know? Star Wars party and Luke Skywalker. And he shows up and the kids say, you're not the real Luke Skywalker. It's like, really? Come on, guys. And for the rest of the party, it was kind of this, he's not the real Luke Skywalker. You know, he's not the real. He was a fake, right? Those kids just kind of saw right through it immediately. They knew he wasn't the real Luke. Now, parents, you need to understand something. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but if you're just kind of playing the game of Christianity, your kids are going to see it. They're going to see right through it. Because we're, we're really good at faking things sometimes, aren't we? Right, maybe your kids see one person on Sunday morning and somebody different at home Sunday afternoon and Monday afternoon and Tuesday afternoon and the rest of the week. Right, maybe, maybe they see you at church, mom, talking about the things of the Lord, and then you get home and they never hear the name of the Lord mentioned again the rest of the week. Or maybe they hear you talk about the importance of Scripture memorization and reading, and they think to themselves, I've never actually even seen her pick up her Bible at home. Or or they see you say to somebody, I'm going to be praying for you. And they're thinking, they're really not praying for anybody. We don't ever pray at home. If if we're going to raise kids, they're going to be Christ. Like especially in the world we live in, in the society we live in, that vies for their attention and wants them and wants to persuade them. If we're really going to raise kids, they're going to be Christ-like. Then our faith has to be real. It has to be genuine. It can't be fake. Because if you fake your Christianity, I promise you the first people that will know it will be your children. And you'll wake up one day and you'll wonder, I wonder why my kids aren't interested in church anymore. Maybe because you've never really been interested. <laughs> you say, man, I, I really wish I had a genuine faith sometimes. I hear you. I mean, we, we come to church and we, 
We're faithful to church, but you're right. I struggle sometimes with that home. I don't know if I've led my children the way I need to. Mom, you might say, I've, I've never really talked about Scripture at home, or I've never really prayed with my kids, or I'm not really quite sure what a genuine faith looks like. What do I need to be doing differently? Well, well there are lots of things we could say here, but I'm going to give you just one very simple thing, one very simple passage of Scripture. You can kind of begin here. You don't have to turn there, but I want to read it to you. You'll, you'll be familiar. Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23, the fruits of the Spirit. Like Jesus always says, if you want to kind of listen to the words of Christ and understand what Jesus is saying, Jesus says, listen, you're going to know people by their fruit. You're going to know people by the fruit that they bear. And so it's, it's fine to say things and words are important, but your actions and the way that you live out your life, that's going to be how people are going to know who you really are. And so Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, we see these words. The fruit of the Spirit is, and there's a whole long list here now, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. And so, so what we read in, in Galatians chapter 5 is, listen, if we want to have real faith, if we want to have genuine faith in our life, then we need to practice love and we, we need to practice joy and peace and, and, and patience. Have, have you ever maybe been in your home and you thought, you know, it's just not very peaceful here at my home? Or, or maybe you thought, you know, we just don't have a whole lot of joy in our family anymore. Or, or you thought, you know, I'm not very patient with my kids. Or sometimes I don't have a whole lot of self-control. Listen, if we're going to be real with our faith, if we want to train our children, if we expect them to grow up into godly men and women, we ought to begin with this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Just begin to live them out. Begin to think about them. Begin to talk about them with your children. Begin to act them out so that your kids can see. I read a book several years ago by D.A. Carson, who's a very well-known pastor, theologian. And it's called The Life of an Ordinary Pastor. And D.A. Carson is a, a pretty well-known theology guy, and, and he teaches, and he preaches, and he's written a lot of books, and he travels around the world and speaks. And, and so D.A. Carson is kind of this, this famous guy, but his dad, for years and years and years, was a pastor of just a really small little church. And the book's The Life of the Ordinary Pastor. He's talking about his dad. And the point he makes in the book was, you know, my dad, and he even kind of chronicles it, but he goes back and reads some of his dad's journals and some of the things his dad said. His, his dad really never saw himself as anything really important. His dad kind of always saw him as just this ordinary guy. But D.A. Carson looks back at his father from a different perspective, and he sees a man who was faithful year after year after year and trained his children well. And he remembers his dad praying for kids. He can remember his dad. He says he can remember walking by the bedroom at night and, and, and audibly hearing his father praying for his children. And this applies to moms and dads, but I want you to listen to what D.A. Carson says in the book, speaking of his father praying for his children. That image has always remained with me, especially during my later rebellious teen years. While walking away from God, I could not get away from the image of my father on his knees praying for me. It's one of the things that eventually brought me back. Real faith. Genuine faith. Faith lived out in the home day by day, week by week, year by year. Your children see it, they understand it, they grasp it, they grow in their faith as well. 
Now, I want to think about some specific things here as we talk about living for Christ and genuine faith and the fruit of the Spirit. Paul's going to give us in his letter to Timothy here another kind of specific. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you've got your Bibles, flip over now to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy because here's what Paul does. He kind of gives it in the first chapter there. He talks about Timothy and his faith, and he sets that aside. He doesn't talk about it again until chapter 3 now. Paul is going to pick up this idea again about Timothy and his faith and where it came from. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. 2 Timothy three fourteen. again, Paul speaking to Timothy. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Now he's referring back now to mom and grandmom in chapter 1, right? You know who you learned this from. You know what they taught you. Continue in it. You're convinced that it's true. Verse 15. And how, this is important, from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Here's the second truth. Faithful moms must be guided by the Word of God. Faithful moms must be guided by the Word of God. Now, there are a thousand and one books on parenting. Some of them are decent, some of them are terrible, but there are Lots and lots of resources out there. Very, very, very few of them are going to train you in how to raise your children based on the truth of God's Word. But if we're going to look at Timothy, and we're going to say Timothy is a man of God who learned how to be Christ-like and learn how to live based on his mother, we see, pull verse 15 up again, please, we see that the Scriptures and teaching the Scriptures and teaching about the Lord has happened for Timothy really from the beginning. And so we get this, this picture of a faithful mother, of a faithful grandmother, since Timothy was a little kid being trained in the things of the Word, being trained in the things of the Lord, being trained in how to be Christ-like. And Paul recognizes that, and he says to Timothy, listen, you've learned it, you've been convinced of it, you know who taught it to you from infancy. Since your childhood, you've known the Holy Scriptures, and you know their importance to you. Parents, we, we, we need to make our decisions and live our lives not based on what the world says, but based on what God's Word says. That's a difficult thing for some people. You know, we're, we're good at teaching our kids things, aren't we? In fact, you've taught your kids a lot of things. It's kind of scary. Some of the things you've taught, other things have been caught, Right? It's amazing. Amy and I have these interesting conversations now that, that our kids are getting a little bit older. We kind of see ourselves and our kids. Have you done that? Have you ever seen something your child did and you think, I'd do that? <laughs> or my spouse does that, right? We like to only see the good things, but if we're honest, sometimes we notice, you know, they're doing something and they, they probably got that from me. They saw me do it enough and, and now they do it. But I just started thinking of some of the things that we actually teach our kids. We teach our kids how to cook. Moms, you've probably done that with maybe your daughters or your sons or maybe dads. Y'all teach to cook as well. Maybe you've taught how to sew. Some of you, that's kind of a lost art, but maybe you've taught them to sew. Dads, you've taught your kid how to fish, right? 
Maybe you've taught your son how to play baseball. My son's playing baseball this year, and I've had just a blast going out back and throwing the ball with him and teaching him how to hit. And it's just a fun thing, right? We teach our kids to play sports. You teach them how to fix things. You, you, you teach them how to act in certain situations. But how often are we teaching them about the things of the Lord? How often are we using opportunities to teach them about the things of Christ? Now, here's where some people get real nervous. They're like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about the Bible to do that. I don't know if I can teach them the things of the Lord. And just relax. We're not asking you to preach a sermon on, on Romans 8 tonight at the dinner table. I'm not asking you to do that. Okay? What I am saying to you is you can begin to have conversations with your kids about the things of the Lord. Moms, did you know that? When my kids were younger, and we, we still do it sometimes today, but I just would look for opportunities to talk to them about the blessings of the Lord. And so we'd go to bed at night, sometimes on a rainy night when it was cold, and I'd tuck them into bed and I would say something like, aren't you thankful God has given us a dry house? Aren't you thankful God's given us a warm bed to sleep in? Aren't you thankful God has given us a good family? You know, we sit down at the meal and... We're so busy to eat. A lot of times we just rush right through the blessing. But the blessing is kind of an opportunity as a family especially to thank God for the blessing of food. Lord, thank you that we can eat. Aren't we excited, kids, that God's given us a good meal? Aren't we excited that God's given us a a good car and and, and nice things? And and aren't we happy that the Lord has blessed us? I just just wonder how often parents, moms, dads, we're kind of taking the opportunities of life to insert the things of the Lord and to change our children's vision, oftentimes away from themselves and the things of the world, back to the things of Christ. Because the world's going to draw them, the world's going to pull them, the world's going to tell them these things are important. And if we're not grounded in our faith, if we're not grounded by the Word of God, if we're not teaching and training them properly, the world's just going to suck them up and spit them out, and we're going to wonder what happened. And so we take opportunities to teach. We take opportunities to train We take opportunities to live our lives for the honor and glory of Christ in ways that our kids can see every day lived out in us. One of my favorite Old Testament passages is Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I've taught sermons out of Deuteronomy 4. And I love it because it's just a real clear picture of what the home ought to look like. Deuteronomy four, Deuteronomy six is, is kind of the, the important part to the Jewish people. It's called the Shema, and they, they read it regularly every day, and they memorize it, and they teach it to their kids, and they kind of base their life on it. I want you to listen to the words of Deuteronomy chapter six, beginning in four in verse four, because there's a, a real clear component in here about our children and our parenting. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. With with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your heart. Right now, if we just stop there, that's enough. Right? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? The Lord is one. Put those things on your heart, right? That's good enough. That's, that's very important for us to do. But the next verse, in my mind, pierces right into the heart of being a mom, pierces right into the heart of being a dad, right into the heart of the family. Because verse 7, now speaking of the commands, speaking of loving the Lord, says, verse 7, Deuteronomy chapter 6, impress them on your children. Not enough just for you to know, moms and dads. You need to impress them on your children. Talk about them when you, and then there's this long list of when it ought to happen. When you sit at home, 
When you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. All right, Deuteronomy is basically saying to these parents, listen, you need to teach your children. If you don't teach them anything else, teach them to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in order to do that, you need to be talking about these things with your kids on a regular basis. Whether you're at home sitting down, whether you're driving along the road, whether you're at a ball game, or whatever the case may be. Teach these things to your kids. You're like, well, how do I, how do I teach my kid uh, about the things of the Lord at a baseball game? Dads, and I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm talking to dads for just a second, okay? Moms, too. Think about it like this. How, how about when your kid fails? How about when he strikes out? Have you taught him how to be Christ-like as he walks back to the dugout? Because a lot of kids don't get that. Have you taught him how to be encouraging to his friend that's not doing well? Have you taught him how to act right even when others aren't acting right? Moms, have have we taught our daughters that when when somebody's mean to us or rude to us or unpleasant or Christ-like, that doesn't give us the right to be angry to them? Have we, have we taught them that even as people are rude and cruel to us, we have to be Christ-like? That's our calling? Are we teaching our kids how to, how to walk with Christ and, and how to live for Christ and how to display the love of Christ in, in the small things of life, in the day-in, day-out events? Or are we teaching them just to come to church and act like they're a believer, go to school Monday morning and it never matters? See, there's, there's more at stake here, I think, than some of us really understand. Not only the lives of our kids, but their eternity matters here. And the way we deal with this, and the way we teach them, and the way we train them, and the way we lead them makes a difference. Paul, in writing to Timothy, as he's talked about the importance of teaching and talked about the importance of the Word of God, here's what he says in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, the next couple of verses. But all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right? We should be teaching our kids the things of Christ and the Word of God from an early age to the very end. Now, I've been told, some of you guys are a little farther along in the journey than I am, but I've been told by moms and dads who've been there, done that, that you never quit being a parent. Is that right? And they never quit asking for money. Is that right, too? I've been told. <laughs> right? So I would say to you, it's really never too late to talk about the things of the Lord with your kids. It's never too early, either. Is our home characterized by the foundation of the Word of God? Is our home characterized by the the fruit of the Spirit? Is our home characterized by the conversations on a regular basis of the Lord and of His blessing? How are we leading our kids? I I just want to encourage you because sometimes it's it's very easy for us to kind of get discouraged, right? It's pretty common for Amy and I to have the conversation of, you know, well, we blew it today with the kids. Shouldn't have done it that way. If I could rewind the clock 24 hours, I'd do it completely different, but I, I messed it up. I, I was angry or I was selfish or I said something I shouldn't have said. And sometimes that means apologizing to our kids. Sometimes that means apologizing to our spouse. But I just want to encourage you because here's, here's what I try to bring to the table every time Amy and I have this conversation. I try to bring to the table this very simple truth. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. 
And if we blew it yesterday, we'll just pick it back up tomorrow and do it right when we get the next chance. There is grace. There is hope. There is joy. And even if you think, you know, I just hadn't done it right with my kids lately or with my spouse lately. There's just some things I need to change. Just start now. Just seek the Lord. Trust the Lord. And start now fresh for His honor and glory. Now the third thing as I, as I finish up this morning is found, I think, in kind of the whole of this scripture and all that Paul is saying and all that Paul is teaching. Truth number three is this. We've already seen faithful moms have a real faith, a genuine faith. Faithful moms make their decisions based on the Word of God. Now number three, faithful moms should be praised by those they love. Faithful moms ought to be praised by those they love. Now if you have younger children, I'm going to say something shocking to you, so just be ready, dads. Sometimes kids are not always super kind to mom. Did you know that, dads, when you're at work sometimes? Did you know that? Or maybe when you're not at home and you come home and there's been some sort of a disagreement and sometimes there's anger and sometimes people are upset. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or not. But dads, I'm going to say this to you right now, this is a good day for you to honor mom. I know you know that already, right? I'm just kind of reminding you. So if you have not bought the flowers, get over there and buy them quickly. If you had bought the car, hopefully you've made a plan to take her out to lunch, to do something nice for her. We need to honor moms. We need to honor the work they do. We need to honor the importance of what they accomplish. Paul understood that. Timothy understood that. We would cherish our moms. We should honor and respect them and love them. And every chance we get, we should build them up and encourage them because they've got a very, very difficult job. Now, I want to finish this morning. I'm winding down. I want to finish with nine things. These are not mine. I found it. It's entitled, If I Could Do It All Over Again. I want to read these nine things to you. They were very encouraging to me. In fact, I thought, you know, I need to print these things out and maybe put them up in my study or in my mirror at home so I see them every morning. If I could do it all over again, one, I would love my spouse more in front of my children. I would laugh with my children more at our mistakes and our joys. I would listen more even to the littlest child. I would be more honest about my own weaknesses, never pretending perfection. I would pray differently for my family. I would do more things together with my children. I would encourage them more and bestow more praise. I would pay more attention to little things like deeds and words of thoughtfulness. And then finally, if I had it to do all over again, I would share God more intimately with my family Every ordinary thing that happened in every ordinary day, I would use to direct them to God. You know, moms, you have a great privilege and a great opportunity, but I know it's very difficult. I want you to know this morning that we honor you, that we're thankful for you, that we love you, and that we pray the Lord blesses you and encourages you on this Mother's Day and in the way you live And in the way you interact with your kids, that he would receive honor and glory in everything that you say and do. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what this day means, Lord, as we celebrate moms and and their gift to us. And Father, we understood that we understand that motherhood can, can be difficult at times for various different reasons. And so I just pray right now for encouragement. 
Lord, I pray for strength. I pray for blessing. I pray that this would be a day that we could celebrate our moms, whatever that means to us, however we want to do that, Father. But, Lord, I also just pray for encouragement for our families, for the moms and dads that are raising these kids, for, for grandmamas and granddaddies, aunts and uncles. Lord, give us all the strength and the ability, Father, to, to, to raise children in a Christ-like way based on the teaching of the Word of God, based, based on the truth of Scripture. Father, let us model that. Let us live that out for our kids to see. And then, Father, in our homes, I pray you'd be honored. I pray you'd receive glory, do great things. Let our children grow up to be the men and women of God that we so desire them to be, to serve you faithfully all the years of their life, to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we'll praise your name for everything that you accomplish. We love you and serve you in all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand. The altar is open. You can certainly come and pray, speak to me. But this is an opportunity to respond as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.